1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. You sure, he's the one not dessert. Not for me. How nah, good. Your table is ready for Carmen in Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. X T E N D A V dot com. That's X T E N D A V dot com. Sorry, I said it too quickly there. You want to start with my dad's story? No, first real quick. No, neither. I want to ask oh. you. Okay
3: uh because I, I got a ton of tweets just now about the jeff saturday discussion i mean you had okay and i'm wondering why of all the things like why that became such a big story in the nfl and why people have kind of gotten on you know drawn the battle lines and what's the phrase not drawn your battle lines what's the phrase they have drawn the line in the sand Yeah, I guess that'll work. That's a good one. That's a better one. Okay. So, why is it on that topic? Why was that such a huge, huge topic? We've seen so many coaches fail in the NFL from all walks of life. Why do we particularly care? Is that a legitimate question by you? What do you mean? That you don't understand why it's a big deal? Yeah, because I I saw Urban Meyer get a job last year. I I saw. Yeah,
4: Urban Meyer's been a coach for. Sure. Jeff Saturday has I, never been in a coach in the NFL for him to take. I, I could see you're questioning that if they said, our O-line's been bad mm-hmm. and we're making a change. We're bringing in Jeff Saturday from this high school football team to coach our offensive mm-hmm. line. Like, then then that'd be like, what are you talking about? This guy played with Peyton Manning and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. But it's to run the whole franchise.
3: But it's is it, though? I mean unless he went on some run they hired him as an interim head coach kind of with the understanding that this is this is it we just we're just doing this at the end of the year like I understand other guys being upset that they didn't get a shot well that's life welcome to life yeah. life sucks there are a lot of – I mean, did you see – We a lot of people were bringing up – I think that's it. I wait, think hold that's on, it. Hold on. A lot of people Boom, were, I think that's on. it. But a lot of people were bringing up the broadcaster analogies immediately. Did you not see Aaron Andrews, which she just admitted uh, the other day? Now, that the broadcaster
4: she, thing is total, is completely she, off base no, no, but it's, and it, wrong. But, but
3: it's in life in general. Like, Aaron Andrews, for those that don't know, she was doing the baseball studio show yeah. for the World Series and for, like, the AL and yeah. N- 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 LCS. A few years ago. She admitted that she didn't know anything about baseball. Yeah. And she admitted it was a disaster. She's like, it was a disaster. I shouldn't have done it, but I took the job. Obviously, we know why she took the job. But
4: she wasn't the only mm-hmm. one on the show, right? No. She no. was in the role as lead analyst or yeah. as as the host, essentially, of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Just like Ernie Johnson is the host of TNT's basketball, whatever they call that, right? If they put Shaq in his seat and they came back from every break and Shaq was leading them in, do you think that show would be as good as it is or a train wreck? Because for a while it would probably be a train wreck until they either figured it out or switched back to normal. Mm-hmm. That's why the, this whole, well, you know, Bill Cowher just got handed it. No, Bill Cower did not get the lead hosting seat. Bill Cower mm-hmm. got the, hey, we need a coach's perspective seat. And that's the role that he plays on that show. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I what what
3: made Pat McAfee qualified to host a sports talk show, I and mean, he's really good at it. His and personality, his I, personality. Yeah, but he'd never hosted a show before. He'd never been in broadcasting. But I before. think what
2: you just hit is what you is is the major tenor of why everybody is either supporting or. I I think there's a lot of people who support it now. I think first off, he won. If they if they would have went out there and lost fifty six nothing, I think the internet the internet loves to gang up on people one way or the other. So I think a lot of people would have loved to mm-hmm. ganged up on Jim saying Jeff Saturday and said this is ridiculous you guys are stupid everything and the other since they won and yeah they beat the Raiders and I think the Raiders losing is a bigger issue again another tough mm-hmm. tight mm-hmm. loss again. yeah every game every game's in a game, so they, honestly they they should have yeah. had a catch and they should have won but they yeah, did that back There's up tight three... end just exactly. dropped the ball in the end zone
3: but it's a it's it's
2: another it's a, another huge embarrassing failure by them and I think you just hit it. I think a lot of people just watch the NFL and they go, yeah, tough. Life's not fair. Like, they're told in their lives, life's not fair. Like, that's what you got to deal with. Life's not fair. Life's not fair for you, me, Owen, anybody. In the NFL, when you hear guys who are millionaires living your dream, that's not fair. Tough bleep.
3: Well, it's also. Like, I don't think they care. Why do people feel like there is this meritocracy um, that, 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 that should be there in the NFL. Like, what do we know about the first chance? What Mangini gets hired with the Browns? What did he do? He brought his pet players on the team. Yeah, and Butch Davis when he was a coach, he had his pet players, and Romeo Cornell had his pet players. Oh, every and coach has the one. next coach. Chud had what? Chud yeah, had Gary Barnett. had one good. big play. Gary. Yeah.
4: And, and what's that? Stefanski had. Who was the safety that we all made fun of? Oh, um, Jim Leonard. No. No. No, no. Oh. Not Alejandro.
3: Oh, what am uh, I trying no, to say? Alejandro. Uh, Alejandro. Alejandro. Away, no. Alejandro. Uh,
2: Andrew Sendejo. Zendejo. Zendejo.
3: They all have them. So they all have them. And there are some guys in the locker room that are like, that's not fair. Or there are some guys that get tryouts for these NFL teams because of who their agent is. Yeah. And and their agent's doing the heavy lifting. Like, nothing's fair about this. And, yes, a head coaching job in the NFL is high profile. I don't know if the 32 jobs are the highest profile coaching jobs in, the, in in football. I think there's some college jobs that are actually higher profile. But in general, yes, these are the biggest jobs in sports. And you want this to be some fair system where, let's face it, why is Eric Bieniemy not a head coach in the NFL? Like, this comes up every year. Yeah. He's qualified. He's, he's overqualified to be head coach. Yes, because these guys, uh, it's, it, it is a good old boys network in a lot of ways, and maybe this is reinforcing that but I still don't – somebody needs to explain to me why Jeff Saturday is a guaranteed failure. Like, he probably will fail. Most coaches fail. Most coaches get – I don't think anybody's three he's or less, a guaranteed failure. But most NFL coaches, on average, get less than three years and right. fail. Yeah. So, yes, he'll probably fail. He'll probably fail. I don't
2: think everybody's saying he's a guaranteed failure, though. I just think they're upset with the with the whole process. Well,
4: he's a disruptor in the marketplace of NFL coaches yeah. right now. And the
2: reason why I'm nervous about it is because <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust owners. I, I never have, never will – and especially in the NFL, we're finding that they are the most... For a while, I thought NBA owners might be the craziest. NFL owners take it to another level. Like, I thought... And when I thought, like, NBA owners were the craziest, I mean, like, college Kenny, high school Kenny. Like, not as an adult. The NFL well, has the craziest... Just look at the owners. ownership.
4: The NFL ownership, though, yes. if you look at it by the decades, were were either, you know, these families that have owned these teams forever... And they're taking them over. You're starting to see turnover in that now. We're seeing yeah. the, the second or third generation of the family now taking that, and it and it looks a lot different. NBA ownership, all of those teams oh, changed hands. Yeah. You know, several times. Younger, yes, NBA ownership has gotten younger, more diverse. We I did. They're this. finally getting into a more st- stability and ownership.
2: I did this on on CBS Sports Radio with Weed. This is back before the CBA where they were like, hey, you can smoke weed, but no one else read the fine print. And they're like, okay, great. They signed it, and they're like, oh, no. But back in the day, like this is during the Josh Gordon thing. Because people are like, why can't they smoke weed? And I go, oh, it's it's easy. And and people like, and I go, if you guys actually listen to me for a second, hear me out on this. And I did it. I go, I'll explain it to you guys coming up next. And I, you know, did the whole thing. And I I aged out. And this was, forgive me, this was during Josh Gordon. In in his whole thing, I said, and this is what I was just filling in, I said, Major League Baseball. Now Major League Baseball has a lot of groups that own teams. Like you have a group of owners with the Reds, and you have one guy who's at the top, who's, God, he's like an evil villain. But then you have, you have a you have a slightly younger fan or slightly younger ownership groups when it comes to Major League Baseball. NBA, I did it. NBA was de- easy, easily the youngest by late, about ten years. The NFL was the oldest by ten years, and in the NFL, I circled the Ford family, the Hallis McCaskies, the Roonies, the Maras, and the Tishes. Jerry Jones, even nineteen eighty-eight. Like there, there's been owners in the NFL who are older people, and you have to look at this from generations. And what you're talking about with owners here, Owen, is the same thing. So they they went with people that they could trust. And we're told that these were we old time coaches. This is the way it is. Because I did this with Weed, I go, When when the Maras and the Tishes were young, booze and pills were not that bad. Now we know that we know booze and pills can be very bad. Marijuana was the devil's lettuce. Marijuana ruined the family. Marijuana was a hardcore drug. William Randolph Hearst stuff. That's what they believed. And so when these people are in power, good luck telling them no. Now times have changed little by little by little. And I think with owners now, you're getting their children who uh, might have went to college, definitely imbibed a bit. Jim Irsay's imbibed. Uh, probably the Rooney's have had some, some, some imbibing going on, having some fun, things like that. And I think that it's changed. And there's just been some ownerships who have said, you know what, that's it, we're going to sell, and someone else new is going to buy the team. So there's a little bit of new money coming in, new owners coming in. And these people are famous. People don't really know who the owner of the Toronto Blue Jays are. But if I, if I ask you, who's the owner of the Houston Texans? Could you guess it? I know right off the top of my head, Cal McNair. McNair Family Trust. Who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Shad Khan. Tony Khan. Who's the owner of the Bengals? Mike Brown. Who's the owner of the Packers? The general public, but they have a board of directors. A lot of fans can name a lot of owners in the NFL. They are very popular people. And I think that becomes an elixir. That's why they want to own it. That's why I think the NFL, that's part of the reason why NFL contracts or, or ownerships are through the roof. Part of the reason, because you know what you have, and people... These are vanity projects for owners, so they know that that this is a huge deal. And I'm afraid that if Jeff Saturday does work out, that some other owner, even our own, may pick somebody who goes, like Joe Thomas sounds like he'll never be a coach or an NFL head coach, right? But what's that stopping him from hiring somebody else that he knows and he likes? Well, why does that scare you? I don't understand why that scares because you. Because I'm afraid the next person who comes to, I, well, I'm afraid ego can get in the way. Well, what's it, I, I think that what's Jeff it? Saturday knows the game. I think that Jeff Saturday... Of course he knows the but game. But I think Jeff Saturday is humble enough to know what he knows and what he doesn't. To stay out of his own way. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do respect Jeff Saturday. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that have been said that have been absolutely disrespectful. of both sides. All sides. I respect Jeff Saturday. If he came in here, I'd be respectful of him. And to him, not that it matters to him, but it makes me nervous for the next one, because if it's if it's Jeff Saturday now, what other goofball is it ever going to be who just thinks they know what they're doing? Because you, Lima, you you're, you see through BS much better than I do. You and I both know there's former players that are BSers, mm. guys who show off, guys who don't know what they're talking about, and are former players. Jeff Saturday is a former player and knows what he's talking about. But if they're good BSers, maybe they did get in good with an ownership group or a family. That's all it takes, and you can ruin a franchise for five, six years if you hire the wrong people. We've seen it time and time again here.
3: I, well, I actually think that's that's what's different about the NFL today is that we're not seeing – just because the Browns have been ruined for years and years and years, we are seeing teams that are been, that, that are able to – uh, reclaim their prominence in like the shortest order ever. They just have to pivot. You just have to be willing to pivot. Like that's what the Jags did with. Uh, and it, it, not saying it's worked out necessarily yet, but they said, "All right." Urban they Meyer, look like a more stable organization, though. Right? They're now, like, we with, we we screwed up. Peterson. We screwed yeah. up immediately. Look at the Cavs with Beeline. Yeah, we screwed up immediately. Yeah. Let's pivot. This doesn't wreck you for five years. Look at the freaking Washington Commanders. Like, we just started the show earlier today. Look at the Eagles. The Eagles were in disarray. They won the Super Bowl, then they were in disarray. Yeah. Here they are, one of the best teams of football. Like, I, I don't think this ruins you forever. And I don't think it I ruins think, you forever. I, I think, think you're can... just as likely to screw up doing it with your best practices when it comes to a head coach as you are doing it the way that you're so I, fearful of. I,
2: I think I'm much more comfortable with a person who's... Not not ex- not necessarily paid the fiddler for it, but I, I'm much more comfortable with a person who's learned how to do it right and learned how to do it wrong, learned from both sides, seen it done well, has had a little bit of experience. That's what I'm comfortable with. And when I say it can ruin you for five or six years, I mean, I mean look yeah. at our own situation. If Deshaun Watson doesn't work out or something like that, we've given up three first-round draft picks, so we don't have a chance to immediately but, bail ourselves right. We don't have the yeah, chance to immediately right. bail ourselves out. I'm just... Off. when so you're some, looking Hold at- on. If somebody hires somebody... And they go, you know what, let's, um, let's go to Detroit. You know, Martha, what we need to do, so-and-so in so-and-so city once out. We need to give up three first-round picks. Look at the Browns. The Browns are kicking ass. Yeah, I know. They dealt with a lot of stuff at the beginning, but, but they're mm-hmm. kicking ass. And all of a sudden, that quarterback doesn't work out. That's three years. Gone. Gone. I don't. Uh, that that's a scary scenario. Yeah, but I don't think I can't. Hire, just, so, I can't live in my fears. But, I understand but that. I
3: don't think hiring a coach is the same as trading the future, all, all your draft picks it's for all, it's
2: one all player. It's all based on arguments and talking. Well, when you bad look at them and it? how
4: they built their team? Chris Ballard has done a pretty good job of you know evaluating talent for well, the in most the draft part. I'd say and, so but... and bringing them in. And so it's not like he's gone. He's still there. Now who knows? It's yeah, it's been knows? very weird. That press conference was like you know. It was bizarre saying things and Ballard's doing. He's looking, giving shots to cameras and stuff over on the side. And then even Sunday in the post game, went out of his way to go, Chris, come up here. And Ballard's like, I want nothing to do with this. Oh, it's bizarre.
3: This probably will fail. I don't even think it's a long-term play. But all I know is my team has studied head coaches. I mean, the Haslams have done this. They've interviewed how many how many coach coaching candidates? They've hired a lot of people. No, but how many how many coaching candidates have they have they interviewed?
2: Oh. Well, they got to six before they got to Mike Petton, so that's seven right there. Yeah.
3: Think of all the people that banner. Remember whether it was Chip Kelly, whether yeah. it was was Harbaugh in there? I don't know. It just seems Harbaugh's like,
4: been part of it.
3: Who knows? The back channel conversations we'll never know
4: about. Uh, that might've been the Hugh one was only like three or four coaches. Right. Yeah. Right. Mike I... McCarthy's been mm-hmm. interviewed. Right. I mean, so Josh McDaniel spent a Friday here. Right,
3: right. And you know, that's why I get to Josh McDaniels. Like Josh McDaniels was a disaster. He was too young and then had time, had time, had like a decade plus to, to go back to the lab and figure out where it went wrong. And he had been picking the brain of all the top head coaches, Like who is more qualified, but, than Josh McDaniels, they're two and seven. I don't want. It doesn't matter how much work you put into this. A coach just might not be a good coach.
2: I don't want Josh McDaniels to be used as the example. Well, I think Josh McDaniels. It, like. Josh McDaniels is used as the example because he's not a very good head coach. He's a good football coach. He, he mm. he's a good football. He's survivor. A good football mind. A he, good you know. He doesn't connect with players very well. He just doesn't. And it's weird because he played quarterback, and he doesn't connect with players. Just doesn't. I, I'm I'm worried about this this Raiders thing. But there's other coaches that, Lima, you know this, and 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 this this actually hurts my argument here, is that I do think there's coaches out there that the difference between them and and animals, are, are the job, are is football. If they weren't around football, I think we would just take them as dangerous individuals and want to want to be around them. But because they're in a football office, they're seen as fine, upstanding people, and they're basically goons. In a lot of ways, so I I understand your point. I just think that if there's one successful Jeff Saturday, mm-hmm. I do think someone's going to try to emulate it. It's like, do you think much? I'll, I'll leave it here because I know we got other things we got to do here. Remember, okay, Patrick Mahomes is is great. Do you think Zach Wilson is any good right now? Or do you think he's going to be good right now? Would you bet no, on Zach Wilson? I would not. The whole conversation leading into Zach William, Zach Wilson's drafting and I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be very good before he was drafted, was he's good in chaos. Yeah. He reminds us of Patrick Mahomes. <coughs> Mahomes is good in chaos. He reminds us of Mahomes. I'm like, Mahomes wants a clean pocket. Kansas City wants him to throw from a clean pocket. What is this argument? But they were so stuck in their ways because they have said, Mahomes, 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 Mahomes. And right now, I mean, hey, they're 6-3. The Jets are.
3: But it's not because of that. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And that's what will ultimately hold them back. And they might make a decision where they have to trade for a malcontented football co- or f- quarterback somewhere else at some point. Like that's the type of thing I think about like other teams, because they're trying to walk in a successful team's footsteps will go and make grievous mistakes, but that's their problem and not our problem.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Do you want to do the Owen thing or do you want to do sure. the I think thing? Well, it's not the Owen thing. Owen, I didn't know you didn't celebrate Veterans Day.
4: I was busy. I took the day off. Well, I took the end of last week off for a few different reasons. But normally, the last, the last three years, I think, and it was Kenny that really got me to going to the places that give veterans their, you know, get the free meal or a haircut or whatever, you know. Some places there are retail stores that give a sizable discount uh, for shopping. Yeah. And so the last few years I had. Take full as advantage. Soon, as soon as I left the show, I would go get something to eat, get my hair cut, maybe go walk around for a while, and maybe get something else to eat. Before the day was home. just exhausting for you. It was so much work <laughs> to be a veteran on Veterans Day <laughs> the last few years. But I was I off I yearn for those days where I don't get anything. I was off and we have a I have a bunch of honeydew stuff that I've put off because of, you know, football season and coaching my kids and all that. Um, that we're hosting Thanksgiving in two weeks and I need to get stuff done around the house. So in those three days I was painting things and installing things, replacing things and the day got away from me and I didn't do a single thing on Veterans Day other than I uh, tried to handcraft some wooden post to put at the bottom of my my. stairs. Turns out, didn't work. Really? Probably should have taken that to some sort of wood woodworking place and Uh, said, "I'm a veteran. Can you give me? Yeah, give me my discount. Give me forty percent off on this."
2: Hmm. So, I I, because I was I I met a guy who I was because I went to go get Christmas decorations at Sam's Club. We didn't buy any. Um, Liz wanted to do, well, I and Liz wanted to do something a little different for the outside on Christmas this year. And, uh, we went to, we went over to Sam's and I met a listener and he's a, he's a veteran. I said, Oh, today. Yeah. Veterans day. You know, thank you. And all this things. And I, oh. I mentioned you and I said, today's Owen Super Bowl. And then I find out you didn't do anything. Yeah. Didn't do anything. We didn't make the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> what do you do? Set it out. This was, this is now, this is going to be a touchy conversation. We talked about this during the break. Cause yeah. the, uh. The Curb Your Enthusiasm scene where everybody thanks the what's the guy's name Toby, I forget his name. I think it is, yeah. Uh, but uh, everybody thanks him for his service, and Larry David's like, "Hey, nice to meet you," and everybody's like, "What the hell's your problem? You couldn't have just thanked him." He's know. like, "Ah, y'all thanked him. I figured I didn't need to thank." I'm him.
4: not. I've I've been that guy when I first got out of the military that was like you know, put the veterans tag on the car where the, you know, I was, I was a proud air force member, you know, all those things. I'm not really that loud and outspoken veteran that has, you know, all the flags and in my yard and all that. You have the hats. I do not have the hats. I have, how do you not have the hats? The only, the hats that I have, I gave to my dad. So like when I was in, when I first went in, we wore those, the forest green, we called them BDUs, battle dress uniforms. <clears throat> and in our squadron, you were allowed to wear a base, a black baseball cap that had, like, I was in, in Alaska. I was in the 90th. It was the Paradise Squadron <clears throat> is what it was called. It was a pair of dice, and that was, like, our emblem or oh. whatever. So, we had that with, like, an eagle on it because the F-15s, they're the eagles, Um And so I had one of those that I wore and then I gave that to my dad because my dad likes all my dad will wear 800 different hats. So I have those those things are at his house and he wears them, but I don't have anything left over. I, I have my uniform still in a closet. I obviously do not fit in them anymore. Is there
3: a different pride based on generations? Because as we know, uh, maybe older, the the older guys well, that are in their in their late seventies and in their eighties. I'm also they are wearing all their gear. Yeah, every time. there was
4: a little different there. Um, you know, obviously we were a little more su- supported by society than <laughs> right. you know, yeah. those guys right? were. Um, Jane Fonda, but. Even, you know, just for me personally, like I didn't, I knew guys when I was in the air force that they were fourth generation, you know, yeah. military members. That's not what I can't, you know, my grandpa was in cause he got drafted. Um, that's the only person really in my immediate, you know, family tree line that, that was in the military. I, I joined for different reasons. I joined cause I lived in a town of 900 people and needed to get the hell out of there. And I've told that to several people many times, that I woke up the Saturday before I graduated high school and had to get out. Like, just knew that wasn't the place I wanted to be, right? But that's not the same story for everybody. So, you know, to each their own. I'm happy that... I, You know, I support those people that want to go out and really put it out there every day that they're a veteran. (laughs) Uh, And the people who are like me that, you know, just kind of do our thing.
2: But you're like my buddy Jake. My buddy Jake is like, he's... He 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 treats it very
4: awkwardly. It like, was a he, it was a point in the history of my life that 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 history's over now, and I'm ready to move on to the next yeah. thing. You know what? It's
3: it's so weird for me because there are a, a shockingly few people in my life that went to the military. People I even knew. You know, really? Kenny, we have talked about that. You're th- this this came up when we went through all the Colin Kaepernick and the uh, yeah. uh, Star Spangled Banner stuff, where. I, I was speaking from a point of naivete. I'm like, man, we uh, we at our high school, we all sang the national anthem, but it was, like, kind of a joke. Like, we sang it really high octaves and tried to get a laugh out of everybody. Nope. We didn't have a big military uh, observance to, hey, here are the people before any games. Here are the people who did this for for, for, for our country and for your freedom. We didn't, we didn't have that.
2: We had a kid who asked off at a basketball game. He had to go on the mic and apologize for asking after the national anthem, like it was an umpire at Japanese baseball. Like he had to apologize to the crowd. They were pissed.
3: Oh, I think it was back. a big deal. Oh, I think back to how we disrespect. I mean, we legitimately were disrespecting as adolescents or as kids, whatever. We, <gasps> My uncle would have slapped the right. Piss out of me. Back right. In and the that, day. for whatever reason that wasn't happening in our community, there just wasn't a lot of people. We knew one, one guy that went to uh, actual West point uh, for, for training. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. We did not know a bunch of people and Then some people in college that went into the uh, the National Guard and, yeah. and, and and that kind of thing. And, and, the, and...
4: there's totally different sects of right. how those people... You know, I was active duty for 12 years. Hmm. It's a much different thing than doing that. And the, the way we interact with those people is a little different. But then, you know, the last five years that I was in, the base that I was stationed at transitioned to being more of a guard. It was guard and active duty. So we worked with those guys that were... They're called full-time guard. They're in the Air National Guard, but their full-time job is the military. They're getting paid by the hour. Well, they're getting a salary, uh, yeah. but it was like a civil service job during the week. And then on the weekend, they were in the National Guard. It was very weird. There's, We don't have time to get into all that.
3: But it, but. But it, it is very sad that somebody like me, who's done nothing, Nothing for our country. Yeah, nothing. Really, nothing at there's all been, for anybody th- else. But, they, yeah. but there's been there's been no service to, to what what for, I've never had to sit back and think about what our freedoms mean. Right. Or, or, until I got later in life and right. I started kind of studying these things and what do you stand for? What really matters? Actually, take a step back and stop joking about everything for once because I don't take a lot of things seriously. And and think about these these issues. And when you don't know people who are in the military. Then it's just it it just doesn't you take it for granted you take it for granted and you're like who are these who are these people that actually go and do this and volunteer or sign up and what are their motivations and I I was totally wrong on what the I always thought well, they just did it for college like because I, right. I didn't know anybody I didn't know anybody and we we all our next step from my community was to go to college. That was what we were told you had yeah, see, to do. I you did had not, to
4: do it. I did not grow up in a place where they told us you had to go. I didn't even know I could go to college after high school without being on a scholarship of some sort. And the military was the one way where I knew, mm-hmm. like, well, oh, they pay for it. So if I want to do it, I guess I better uh, b- I better join and get my GI Bill and that thing. But
3: I didn't realize until my first job was in Parkersburg. And when you, when you even know I was covering sports, you're doing a lot of news, too. And I didn't realize... How important in different areas of the country it is like that is not only an alternative like the military, it is a way of life. Right. And to see that firsthand, to talk to recruiters, uh, to talk about the motivations of why this is so big here and why this means so much more. Like that's when, as I got older, like I understood, my God, you are you are such a spoiled Jackass, like you are a jackass because yeah. you. Did. I'll, I'll be totally honest. I just didn't care about sacrifices. There were so. It just many. was something hollow to me that people said because they had to say it. Like, oh, thank you for your service. Well, thank you very much. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched. I watched Saving Private Ryan. I know what it means. To to to. to you know what I mean? Like that. Right. How ridiculous is that?
2: I, I got a buddy who. I mean, I got another buddy who he did two tours. And I mean, he's he's become very jaded, over not. Not the not the gov not the, like the government or or the military or anything like that. He's become very jaded over. I'm not going to say his name. He's become very jaded over what he says. He calls them quote veterans because he's like, hey man, like there's guys who did their two years or four years or whatever. That's yeah. fine, but he's he has sh- he's like gotten very agitated before and shown evidence of like, dude, you didn't even complete boot camp. And like got like the one time it got I very have, ugly. I have
4: done that once. <laughs> at, I'll say the place, the Avon Brewing Company one night, th- this woman came in nice with place. a fake military ID. Ooh, and was shut and everybody knows her. Oh, I guess no. she comes in there a lot. And they were like, oh yeah, she said all this. And it was very <laughs> clear that the story, and, and I'm not one to do the whole, you know, the stolen valor call out people, but it was very clear that the stories were not adding up and i didn't <laughs> oh i didn't get confrontational i was just like you're lying you're lying seems like some and of and she former lost co-workers. her mind on me i'm like no you're just you're just lying like just admit you're lying and i'll you know Do you I'll have leave some alone. have some beverages in you uh i might have a few a little free flowing conversation that, man, there know it holds his liquor pretty well yeah i'm pretty i'm actually <laughs> pretty he's good he's at that pretty good drinker and i make it through every show so. yeah
2: so he's pretty good at that god that would be
3: how awkward! I can't even imagine See, trying what, to fake that. That's why
2: you don't that. even do it in the first place cause you got to think about when you get caught. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know about the rule about um, you're not supposed to wear your fatigues or anything. Yeah, like you know?
4: you're like you can stop at the convenience store real quick and pick something up, but you you don't go shopping in your uniform. Like you could do it in your dress uniform that you know the nice mm-hmm. one that for us it was the blues, uh, and when you're young in the military. That's kind of what they, they'll let you, like, I was in Wichita Falls, Texas for training for 10 months, and it's called phases. Like, phase one, you're not allowed to leave your room, basically. That only lasts for a couple weeks. Then phase Jesus. two, you're allowed to kind of go around the base. Then phase three, you go off base, but you should be dressed up. Where like, are the pictures of this? Uh, I want to see I don't seen a couple of his Facebook pictures. I don't have many pictures. Is it on Facebook?
3: I don't know. Are we Facebook friends? He's got friends? some pictures of Facebook. Yeah, he looks good.
4: So. I wanna see this. So I wanna see
3: young strapping Owen There's fresh no out beard of boot camp.
4: And, and about hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, left. don't worry about that. Lean muscle mass. I wanna I wanna oh. see that Owen. That that Owen yeah, that Owen was about two fifteen, about six percent body fat. Yeah. It was a big dude back then. That Owen,
2: that owen's good looking Owen. <laughs> um, I'll give him that credit.
4: No, but I've never never did the stolen but the only the good I'll get on this one real quick. The only time that I've ever done the whole I'm in the military. I'm a veteran. I was active duty. The Westboro Baptist Church came to Little Rock, and boy, oh my God, we, we, uh, we had a good time with that. Oh my God, that might not be a story for. Uh, oh um, my
2: God, yeah, even for the podcast, I don't know if that's was good. that
4: during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. This was in 2010. Okay, that was after that way after that. might have been. 2008. I don't remember if the RNC was in Little Rock. Something was going on with the mm-hmm. RNC, I believe, and they, because uh, Huckabee was the governor at the time and all that, and so they were what in the town. They were in town doing something else, and uh, just decided to stop over and had their signs out, and it was fun. You was went over there, waved some with them. Yeah. Oh my God. Said hi. So joined how in are you the doing? party. They're like, how are you guys doing today? We had a little back and forth, and. Oh. Very civil time.
2: So we're brought to you by
4: Extend Online. You first. want to see protest in 4K? Oh my if you god! You want to watch
2: a protest in 4K? X T E N D A V dot com. So I brought up a scenario with you guys off the air, and we'll bring it up on the, here at the end of the podcast. So next week we have Thanksgiving next week, next Thursday. I can't the whole country's next doing that. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, everybody's doing Thanksgiving next Thursday. And uh, so my dad was over on Saturday. And he's over for Eli's birthday and all that stuff. You know, Eli's birthday was on the second. Seven years old now. Six, six. Mister Fun. And uh, the middle, middle. He's over there and he's he's talking to Brett, my buddy Brett. And he was best man at my wedding and all this stuff. Where I like drink. I I would like to drink with Owen and I like this is part of the reason I love drinking with Lima. Basically, with you two more than anybody. Even though I don't get to drink with Owen that much at all, because you can both hold your liquor. My buddy Brett, he starts having liquor and he'll get very weird. He'll get, it's like, dude, just sit down and drink. Why do we need to sit? Like, he starts doing just weird stuff. I can't even describe it. And it's just like, just stop getting weird. Don't, don't, don't be weird. Just sit there and watch football and drink your drink. Okay? We're having drinks. We're having a good time. Let's stop being weird here. Anyway, that's why I like drinking with Tone. Tone don't get that way when, he's, when we're drinking. So, he's talking to my buddy Brett. Brett ain't drunk yet, but, uh. You know, there's family walking around. He's, you know, talking to my dad. And Brett's talking. All of a sudden, my, my dad's phone lights up, and my dad and my and Brett goes, "Who's that?" And I and I could hear out of the corner of my ear, as I wasn't right there. My dad's like, "Ah, it's just one of my friends over North Canton. Friend and my dad, or my buddy Brett's like, "Who?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, just a lady friend of mine." And I was like, in my like I'm over in the kitchen, like okay, like in my head, and Liz heard it. So I get home last night from TV. We sit down to dinner and Liz goes, So we're gonna have Thanksgiving over at my parents' house. And I says, Okay. Thank God, because I'm tired of hosting all this stuff. We've been hosting way too much lately. Way too many home games. Time to play a roadie. And uh she goes, We're gonna we're gonna have Thanksgiving at my mom's and I texted your dad and I said, Hey, I overheard that you uh might have a lady friend, and uh, she's more than welcome to come, too.
4: And I about dropped the fork right then and there. I think that would be
3: jarring. And I... To even hear that. And I looked at In her, surprise, and I was like...
4: shock, anger, what's the reason for the fork drop? I went, uh... You don't think that's
2: going to be a little awkward? <laughs> a little? And she's like, well, it's done. What's done is done. And she, like, gave me this, like, <laughs> take that, bitch. Like, that type of thing. Like, I'm like... I've never met this woman. Nobody else has met this woman. I don't even know if she's real or she exists. Where they met? I don't know. I don't know how. I'm like, Liz, you don't know how serious they are. I go, my dad was married for 37 years. His wife died last year. I go, I'm not saying he can't date again. I would encourage him to date again. Can he play the field? Can he play the field? Because I don't know what type of woman he's going to bring over. Yeah, he probably doesn't
4: need to get
3: hitched right away. And do you have to know about it? Like, would you rather just let it marinate,
2: let it it fully bake? Now, I know this. Now, I'm going to share this with you guys. My daddy, my dad is keeping this away from me, and I know why. Because my dad bleeped a turkey dinner when he found out. I found this out later. My dad bleeped a turkey dinner when he found out my grandfather was dating again after his mom died. Ah. My grandmother died in 82. I was born in 86. Mm. So when he found out that his dad was dating again, my dad did not like that. And my dad said, I get. I was born in June. They were married in August. <laughs> so
4: I Are started. S- similar ages, probably. Yeah. yeah. So
2: I started fussing at the wedding. And my dad, my dad says, he's like, you gave me the perfect excuse. I, I carried you right out of yeah. the church and said, oh, Kenny's. Kenny's fussing, you know that type of thing. I was a baby, and so my dad, my dad did not like who ended up. I, I ended up calling this woman grandma. I mean, I was at her, they were married yeah. for right. yeah, for she years. Yeah. yeah, so he did not like this woman, this lady grandma. So <laughs> I'm thinking this way. <laughs> I, I, my dad, so my dad, my dad had his reaction. I think he's hiding it from me, sure. thinking I'm gonna have a reaction.
3: Sure. Yeah. He's worried that you're going to have either you're going to be disapproving of this. Um, also, this is just a, a stranger in your life. It's the holidays. It is the
4: holidays. Yeah, it's and, supposed to be a time for family. And,
3: and look, you've you've had every conversation you're going to have with everybody else that doesn't involve poli- you know, up to date politics. Right. There's only going to be one road to navigate. And that is, well, tell me about yourself. And now you've got to get a life story out of a complete stranger. And then you have to be kind of approving of whatever she is, whatever her baggage is. I mean,
4: as we get older, we have more and more baggage. But the other thing, the other hidden fact, you're doing this at your in-laws so it's not That's even like another, an yeah, yeah. house. I
2: don't know what this woman's going to look like, or if she's nice, or if she's not. And what if she's some freak show? Do I want that freak show over at my in-laws' house? Do I want to put that on my so. father-in-law? Can we get
4: that on video, please? Do I want to put that on my father-in-law? <laughs> oh my my father-in-law.
2: I, I mean, listen, I love my dad. My dad's a good dude. Okay. Now, now we we've always gotten along. Now, like any father-son relationship, there's always going to be rocky times. I told the story about the time I tried to fight him, and he he, he corrected that real quick. But I get along very well with my father. Always have. But, damn it, I don't want some freak show or some awkward situation getting to know some lady at my in-law's house. If he wants to bring her to my house, that's fine.
3: I'm not, I don't want it for
2: Thanksgiving dinner in front of my in-laws and my brother-in-law and his wife and all that stuff. I No. No and because i don't like there's so many things lama you're going to get this way cuz now you're just married there's so many things you just let go by and i'm like i'm going to bed in an hour i, I don't want to have an argument about this i don't think he will bring her
3: boy so let's that's just interesting let it go. so are you going to just hope this situation goes away organically or are you going to have to do a follow up like hey did we ever did we ever get an outcome? Yeah, Wednesday the- night at 10. Was this resolved? I don't
4: know, man. I don't Is know. she bringing over anything at least? Oh, at least. You got to find out. Maybe she makes a good casserole. Is it the
3: cranberry sauce?
4: <laughs> like, I don't know. Does she smoke? Do you put French's onions in your green beans? Oh,
3: my God. I'm thinking, yeah, what if she's like, hey, do you guys mind if I smoke in here at the table? Oh that was God. a tradition of ours. <laughs> and then she starts talking about her ex-family. Too much. Like, what if she drinks, drinks too much? Oh, that's even better. What if she can't hold her liquor? What has she done? What if what she, has my wife done? What if she talks about how she was volunteering for Carrie Lake's campaign in Arizona? What happens then?
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?